Welcome to Anything But Routine, presented by Just For Kicks. This podcast covers everything and anything dance. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. everybody this is cindy clow and ali garretts mom and daughter and we work together and we are finally answering these questions from facebook what are your biggest questions you need help with right now studio studios dancing coaches and teachers so we're going to try to answer them all as best we can so artiz asks she's a studio owner and a high school coach and she asks i was downsizing for the year to make up for last revenue Trucking forward per usual, assuming the economy will come back as it was. I was considering expansion, but she's putting that on hold. Um, but she she said her biggest question are the what ifs. And she said, ironically, her dance team is bigger and it has grown, but it's weird that during COVID she's had more kids go out. So um, here, here's what I would say to that is, um, first of all, if your dance team is bigger, it shows that kids are wanting to do things. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're dying to start doing things. So I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't go into any um, big expansion with buildings and that type of thing right now. I would try to maximize your space as much as you can in this uncertain time. But I do feel that you can figure out ways to do things. And, um, you know, I think you could maximize times in your studio. One thing that I've learned is instead of having so many floors, think of the times that you're not using that studio. Like, Friday nights, Saturdays, mm-hmm. Sundays. What could you do on those days? We've had some of our teachers start teaching on Sundays and it ends up being a big day because kids are, you know, they're not in other sports on those days. So if you're trying to track some off season or off, like say they're a volleyball player and they mm-hmm. might want to still dance, that might be a ticket to get more kids in your studio. It's so, also nice sometimes to do Saturday and Sunday classes because they're not so tired out from school and they're more focused at class. And I do think the economy will come back. I mean, it has to. It ha- we just have to figure out a way to make it happen. So then going on to um, Alyssa Deutsch, she said, the problem is there aren't any answers available. Will there be con- competitions or conventions this year to attend? Can I put more kids than 10 in a room? It's a waiting game with a, she has a hundred different contingency plans and it's exhausting. And I will agree with you, it is exhausting. And so finally, what we needed to do with ourselves is start going, what can we control? Control the controllables and quit, try to quit worrying about the what ifs. Mm -hmm. Because we could what if all day. What if COVID comes back in the fall and our kids can't come? Well, you know, then we'll do this, this or this. Just last week, we did a meeting with all our parents on via Zoom to just say, you know, we're going to be there. We don't know how we're going to be there. It might be with, uh, like, for instance, if we can't be 20 kids in a room and we can only be 10, we might go every other week. You're live this week and you're like, this group is virtual. This group is live. And then next week they switch and next week they switch back and Mm -hmm. next week they switch. Maybe that's how you're going to have to do it. I think instead of like getting real frustrated, which I know it's hard to not be, just control what you can control. Um, we're doing a lot of outdoor classes right now because in Minnesota, you can't have more than so many in a room. We had 70 kids in the parking lot the other day in mm-hmm. three groups. You know, yep. they were big and they, and they loved love it. it. We're having a lot of fun doing that. It's actually kind of nice. We normally practice indoor in the summer and we're like, 
maybe not in the future, we're going to do more outdoor things in the summer because they've enjoyed it so much. Right. For sure. Um, so I agree that it is exhausting. Okay. What's our next question? Sarah from Alaska says, how do I get kids who are burnt out from online learning at school to get excited about an online online summer dance camp? Well, us for one, we really want you to get excited because mm -hmm. we're excited about it. But um, first of all, I just have to throw in here that our videographer, Nick Weeks, last night said to Allie that he's blown away at the content that's going to be in this virtual camp. There's so much stuff. I was there all day for filming a couple days ago, and there's so many cool classes. I went back to my team. I was like, I'm so excited for you to take from all these teachers. There are so many options. Um, and I think a way to make it fun, if you're, you know, I know kids are burnt out from online. We're yeah. feeling it too. We know our kids are. They've said it to us we're kind of thinking what we might try to suggest for them to do is either doing stuff where maybe they go to a friend's house and have five in a group and take class together. And so it feels a little bit more team oriented. Um, we might even use our parking lot and try to split them into groups of if you're taking elite class, you're going to be over here. If you're taking intermediate, you're going to be over here um, and setting up different computer stations yeah, so that to, they can be together. We're trying to figure out we need big monitors, like big TV monitors. And of course you got to make sure every kid pays for their virtual camp and you'll know if they have the swag bag, you could say everybody wear your pink uh, sandals and then you would have it. But the other thing we were thinking of is you need tents over you because it's going to get hot all day. And so we were making sure kids had water, but we were also thinking, let's get some, you know, those tents that people use at grad parties. Maybe you could get um, a local party place to donate a couple tents, or maybe every parent could bring, you know, any parents that have those smaller ones, like you use at a picnic and it could go over like two kids. So I think there's ways to do it. We ordered these boards from Home Depot that are only eight bucks each. They're called Yucca boards and they're slip. They're not slippery. They're smooth on one side. And then on the back, if you need a picture of them, I have them, or I think I posted it on here too, but those are, so they at least have a good surface. We're actually even going to go to our car dealership. They have a huge tent with cars parked under it. And we're like, could you move the cars for three days and we'll bring our kids to your parking lot? Cause it's just huge. And it'd be great advertising for them. They'd love to have all those parents stopping and picking up their kids and seeing their cars, I'm sure. Right? So the other way to get um, kids um, not burnt out from virtual, like if you're a dance teacher and you're teaching virtually, I, I know by week six of when I was doing it, it was like, oh my gosh, we came up with themes. And I saw a guy on Good Morning America the other day that is a school teacher. And every day he dressed up like a different character, like a superhero and like, let's just say he went full out, full on. And he had other classes tuning into his class because they all wanted to see what he was wearing that day. So, I mean, you can be creative to get kids to do online things. It might help. I don't know. So Heidi from, I don't know where Heidi's from. Um, how do you split classes to get the amount of kids allowed when there aren't enough hours in the schedule? And if we have to split classes, it means more hours of teaching. When we aren't getting paid anymore to teach, it's just frustrating. Okay, I will talk about this. It's taken me 40 years to build my business, 40 years of hard work. And with our directors, we're all just saying right now that um, we're going to be working right now more for less pay. And you just got to face it. It's where, it's where it is right now. And if you want to keep your business alive, you got to suck it up, buttercup. And uh, I didn't mean that to sound mean, but I'm just saying you, you can't, it's going to be a reality that we are working for more hours for less pay. So I've never been afraid of hard work. 
uh, I'm going to just keep kicking and keep doing it. So her other question about splitting classes and having enough time in the schedule, that's a hard one that I know we've talked about too. Um, even about having the time in between classes to clean the studios mm -hmm. um, and trying to make it work. I think going back to doing the, what we said earlier about having some live and some not so that you're not having to make so many extra classes might be a possibility to do it. Hopefully we'll be, you know, we're, I'm hoping in the fall we'll be able to be back at normal capacity so at knows? least. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and the thing that I'm having our big director's convention next week where we do about 15 hours of training and one of the things that I'm starting off with is no what ifs. We, cause we don't know, we're not going to tackle the what ifs. So, um, but I do think you could do some things like um, maybe, you know, ha we're clearing our lobby out, not letting parents come in. So maybe you could have a class in the lobby. Ours is big enough that we could actually. And then have a head, head instructor in one room and pipe the mic out. We in our parking lot the other day had a huge sound system with a microphone. That's how all 70 kids could hear. And then we had a lead person in front of each group. Where there's a will, there's a way. So figure it out. and. I think everybody's just got to quit feeling sorry for ourselves and deal with the situation. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's the big thing I hear here. And, and let me tell you, I've had my share of frustrations too. Oh, yeah. We're just, <laughs> we're just trying to stay positive. Stay positive. You got to, what are some studios doing? Lori Elder says, what are some studios recitals planned? Even if a second wave comes, are you still planning to go back to zoom? Most people are over zoom. If we have to go back to it, how do we get them excited? I think we already answered some of that. Um, recital plans, I was telling my parents, our recital may look very different. It may be like for our Halloween shows, we always do like an in-studio recital that's very small and we do three of them with small groups of parents. And I, I could see that being a recital plan. You know, we always do a huge show in December and we do three huge shows and they're huge. They're at capacity in our facility in terms of the packing the crowd in and we have to bring extra chairs in. I don't visual, you know, maybe that won't happen. Maybe it'll be, you know, I saw one lady on this Facebook, one co uh, studio owner did 17 recitals to fit all her people in. She did more work for a lot less pay, but guess what? She probably um, kept her parents happy and has those students coming back. And that <clears throat> that's something to think about. But I think shows will look very different. Again, right now, a lot of people I've seen are doing outdoor shows. Uh, we just had one of our directors do an outdoor show for in honor of a dad that, um, really wanted to see his daughter dance one last time he had terminal cancer and they were not able to do their spring recital this year. So they pulled this thing together on tennis courts and um, he was wheeled in and he watched the show and he died 13 days later because he just wanted to see his daughter dance <clears throat> one last time. And he hung on for that. So, I mean, I think there's, there's parents just want to see their kids. We care about all the lights and all that stuff but if you don't have all that stuff everyone's going to understand you know you might find a different way i've heard people doing stuff on football fields bringing in marley or bringing in a stage i've heard of parking lots i've heard of parks park pavilions some places have those you know and and, and it's or or bring those boards i'm talking about and every kid has to have their own board you're going to save a fortune if you let them bring their own board so think outside the box so um <clears throat> let's see is this a year of small group competition dances? I kind of think so. You know, and maybe for one year you don't compete. Um, we, you know, we run competitions, so it's a big part of our business. But it might be a different thing this year. We, we might have to have virtual competitions where the kids go and the parents watch by Zoom. 
it's weird. I don't know if I like it, but again, we can't control that. So when we find out, we'll do it. Um, I'm proceeding just as I think it's going to be, but if it doesn't happen, then we will, you know, I, I like the, shift gears. I like the, yeah, shift gears, or I like the, the term pivot. We're going to pivot. We're all dancers. We know how to pivot. So I think about, um, if you think you're going this way, pivot and go this way, because that's what's going to be happening. Are you limiting, Alyssa Lee says, are you limiting your class sizes to 10 students or less? Um, I think each state is different. This is a national, well, it's actually an international podcast. So everybody is different in what they're requiring. Our state is requiring um, 10 right now, but in some states you're considered a gymnasium and then you can be at 25% capacity. And it like, might change by the end of right. summer. Is my it might change by the time this podcast is over. That's, that's as fast as stuff has been changing. Now we have a studio in North Dakota that we own and it's, it's in West Fargo and North Dakota is opening up so we can have more classes there. Uh, Minnesota is still pretty tight. I know Michigan's pretty tight. I've, I've heard um, Illinois is real tight. So it just depends on your area. And like, I think Texas is a little looser now, but they don't have the option to do as much outdoor as we do because it's so hot. So I think it's just all where you're at, but but as of right now, we're not limiting our class sizes until we get closer. So we're kind of waiting till probably more like August to make that decision to make mm -hmm. our classes smaller, which is going to be like, ah, oh, crazy if we have to do yeah. that. But I think I may, you know, if that happens, we have 530 kids in our studio. And I think that if we end up having to limit it, our sizes, we might have to rent a ballroom somewhere too, so that we have enough hours in the day to do it. But or like I said, use those Sundays and Saturdays. That might be smarter. So um, she said, are, are things changing with formations, touching, lifting? I, I definitely think they're going to. I think for a while it's going to be a different dance. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be different. We can't, like it's killing us at summer. Like we do kick line too. Can't hook on for kicks. Well, guess what? It was actually a really good training because they had to hold their own shoulders back and their own arms up. So it made it a lot tougher. Uh, let's see. So yeah, we will have social distancing. What else is next? Bonnie says, how do you keep them excited about dances they've been doing last year until the possible fall recitals? I think every studio owner is different with this. Some said, I'm not, we're just done with those dances. We're going to start over and yeah, we ditched them. Um, that's how some studio owners are handling this. Some are you know, like we didn't finish ours. So I think our kids will be revved up about it. I think once they get back into the studio and we're actually keeping a lot of our dances for next year. So we're not having like a fall recital to end from this year. I'm going to reuse my dances. So there'll be new kids in them, which is kind of weird because some will grow up and be in the older classes or whatever. But I talked to a lot of kids and they wanted to keep them for next year. But then we also talked to some kids and said, do you want to have a summer recital? And they're kind of just like, we're over it. We'd like to have a party, but, but I think, think they're so out of it. And I think every studio is different. You mm -hmm. know, some of ours, it's kind of how you spin it to them. I was just talking to one of our directors last night and they're, they're doing an outdoor recital right now. And, you know, I think she had kind of promised the kids, we kind of, we're running all, you know, the company. So our, our program is kind of like not getting as much right now, unfortunately, but we're going to, we're going to do it once the fall hits. So these are all great questions, but how do you still include fun in the season? How do you retain students who are just over it 
and never had a performance season to really celebrate the end of the year. How do you pull more to your students? And now I'm missing what her next part is because it says see more. Um, how do you pull more out of your students? I just think you guys, you do what you've always done and think of extra ways to make it fun. I, I feel once they're back together, just being back together is going to be huge. I, ha I teach a whole class on keeping the year fun and I'm going to be filming it. And, and I go through September, October, November, like stuff you can do. And I will be posting that later. But um, I don't know. Just I kind of feel like too with retaining students, I'm not as worried about that right now because I think they are just dying to get back. Mm -hmm. Like I really feel like we have had a lot of parents say, if you open up this summer and do something, we'll be there because yeah. our kids are missing it so much. So I feel like almost in a way it could potentially make kids a little more dedicated because now that they had to take all this time off, they're realizing how much they loved it. And it's not going to be as much of a chore to go to dance because they're going to feel grateful that they get to go. And, you know, to an also answer your question, Alyssa, I think, you know, your enthusiasm spreads to the kids. Mm -hmm. I had a statement or I have a saying I like that your enthusiasm has to be a for like a forest fire. You have to be able to feel it, hear it, smell it, and taste it. And I know that sounds weird, but your enthusiasm is what spreads to all your kids. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I'm over virtual dance. This is not going to be fun. But if you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to we get back together. You guys, da, 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 and you're, you're ready to go. They're going to be ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I swear to God, we can get our kids revved up for anything. And uh, I was talking with one of our directors the other day, Megan from um, the Metro in Minneapolis. And she she just said that she laughs that I could talk our, our team into doing anything. I coach a high school team and she goes, who else could get their high school team to dress up like genies, like Aladdin and think that it's cool to do musical theater for kick. And I'm, I'm like, never really even thought about that, but it's true. It's if you're enthusiastic about what you're teaching, it spreads to your kids. So your energy is the most powerful tool that you have with your studio. It's, it, it's definitely what you have to be able to, um, they have to be able to feel that you're excited and then they're going to be excited and you are the leader. Make sure you're leading, make sure you're not the tour guide to the pits right now. You know, <laughs> you don't want to be that you want to take them higher. So make sure you're leading and suck it up every day. And, and I think know, kind of saying that to your kids, like, yeah, this isn't ideal. I don't want to be doing virtual either, but it's our only option right now. So it's either you don't dance at all or we suck it up and do it mm -hmm. and get better. And cause hopefully eventually it's coming back and you want to be prepared and trained to be back in the studio. Um, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Avia Aviva says it's just hard The no Aviva. information. Do we lose more money or wait it out? Just lack of info. I know it's handy man boards of ed to make the decisions, but it's mentally exhausting. I agree. Um, I've kind of let go of it. I've kind of just tried to go, all right, we're just going to try to move forward with how we think it's going to be, and hopefully that will help. Are there any good online fundraisers? I think there's a lot of different ones. Um, and like we lost our fundraiser for our team this year. We usually do grocery bagging, but, um, you know, we lost that. So now we are doing, you can do simple fundraising, which is one we offer. It, it's actually kind of neat because you, the kids can do it from their phone and if you told them you each have to sell six or seven items, they're going to make 10 bucks an item. They're, they're going to make, you know, 70 bucks right there. So that's a good online fundraiser. Just um, put in your search bar, simple fundraising just for kicks and it will come up. There's also a bed sheet one that I know sells really well. And I don't know 
who that's know what fine, but it's a that. good one. I could figure it out because my nieces did it for their college team. So that's a really good one too. But I think these online fundraisers, the great thing about ours is literally it ships to your people. You don't have to touch it. It also calculates if Susie Q or did 10 and Bonnie did 15 and, you know, Allie did five, they, it will go right in their account and you will get one check for your team and it's all itemized for you. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to package it. You don't have to move it, you know? So that would be a good one for an online fundraiser. Okay. Whitney says, I have a lot of sweet little huggers in my classes. So I'm worried that with all the excitement of being back at dance, they'll forget the social distancing policies. They're just kids after all. And when one comes to hug me, they all follow suit aside from asking parents to remind their kiddos about why we aren't able to hug right now. Do you have any other ideas to circumvent this issue? Um, well, first of all, I think I would talk to them all right away and go, uh, you know, I want to, I want to hug you, but I can't kind of explain it. And then also, um, and if one does it, you just say, oh, remember, you know, mm -hmm. and I was thinking it'd be funny. I don't know if those things are called, but you get inside them and you can like, uh, my, my grandson's other grandma has these. They're like, you pretend you're bouncing into each other. They're like oh. a blow up thing, like a bubble. You get inside of it. I thought it would be so hysterical to come to class with that on because it would be like funny, first of all, and it would kind of be like a human bubble that can't go inside. Um, we were thinking of getting refrigerator boxes and making them kind of like a playpen for the kids to be inside of or a hula, hula hoop would work. So they know I have to stay here. And I've actually heard that the little ones are better than the older ones mm -hmm. right now. The older ones are like, not social distancing. We're laughing. They come up to practice like hugging and walking in. And then all of a sudden they get up by us and they spread apart because they know we're going to make them. So um, I guess I think you can deal with that. So somebody wrote in there, Marianne said, our little classes did awesome last week. And, and I think it's, I think that's what you're going to find. And again, it's their parents are probably telling them and they're nervous. Yeah. And again, it's like, don't worry about what you can't control. If that happens, you know, we have a waiver that we had all our parents sign and it's all COVID related. And if you need that, you can email me, Cindy at justforkicks.com because we had an attorney look at it and then um, that would save you some money and you could look at it and go with our waiver. So how do I get kids enrolled for our studio summer? We are limiting class sizes and taking all necessary precautions. I'm so overwhelmed. Um, every time you say you're overwhelmed, you're going to feel more overwhelmed. So I've worked, I'm working on that with myself, you know, to try to not keep going, Oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed. Just go, you know, how do you get kids to sign up? I would just do how you always have done it, but more. I would social media right now, you guys, you need to use it. Instagram, Facebook, um, a lot of people are using it just to help them. If you post once a day or twice a day, and I listened to a guy named Gary Vanderchuk, he says you should be posting three times a day if you're a business person to get people. And that's hard. That is hard. Is hard. But that's how you're going to get people in there. Now you could, you could have parents posting for you. What, what is your, um, send us your best social distancing picture that you've been doing dancing, get it online have Tip Tuesday, have Motivation Monday, have Throwback Thursday. Do something on your Facebook every day for your studio. Get more likes on your Facebook. I'm in a little teeny town. You could also email me for this. I did post it on Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite about how to get your likes better or up. One of our studios in, um, are just for kicks in Corpus Christi, Texas, shared this with us. And it is fabulous. My likes went up by over a thousand and you guys, I'm in a little teeny town. So that little bit, yeah. well, 16,000 people are, 
20 maybe I don't know we're just we're not like a metro it's it's a smaller town I guess we're kind of big but anyway just on our local just for kicks page in in Brainerd we have over 3,000 likes on our page well that's a lot for a little teeny studio so the reason you want those and you what happened on the Facebook is you guys were all liking each other which is awesome too and that, that wasn't my point. I wanted you to get local people so local people are seeing it. So you've got to get like everybody in town to know who you are, everybody in town to be on your site. So have a challenge with your kids to invite all their friends and grandparents to like your page. Because then when you post something, your post reach is so much greater. I also would say for your advertising dollars, use Facebook boosts. And they, have, they will boost certain demographics and then you're drawing people to that ju just to that site. So that going back to the question about how to get kids to register for summer, I don't think you'll have a hard time. I think kids are wanting to do stuff. So I know one of our programmers, St. Cloud director, was telling us that she posted that she was going to allow 10 kids in the class, and then they're doing the thing where they rotate virtual or in class every week. And when she told parents that she was putting a limit of 30 kids for the class, so it was a rotation every three weeks, she had it filled within minutes because they want to be there and they want to get to do these five classes. Now that, that studio has about 600 kids, mm -hmm. 600 bodies. We, we, we um, categorize our, our students in bodies and in classes. So, so 600 bodies, they're taking 1400 classes a week, typically. So you have to know that you have to know how many kids you have in your studio and you have to know how many classes they're taking. Okay. So something else I wanted to just say here, cause somebody said how to get new students, Tara Demir, Demar, how to get new students is always the hardest question to answer. And I'm doing a coaches and studio owner conference in July. It's 150 bucks or free. If you send 10 kids to our virtual camp and it, if you spend 150 bucks on this conference, I guarantee you, that you will get more students. We're doing one whole class on marketing. My husband is doing one whole class on finances and, and he's doing it with my son who is our, you know, I'm getting ready to retire almost. And our other son, one of our sons is taking that financial part. So that will help you alone because let me just tell you, they, they know their stuff with finances, running a company with 1000 employees and, um, all these different studios so you can just pick their brains and we're doing a marketing class at that as well so that will help you so getting new students is what I like to do it's what I like to help you with and I will give you about an hour's worth of that on on that class so um, let's see what else that's the beginning do we have any more pages I, I think, think that's that about is. it so um, we just challenge you to keep asking the questions because we love them. And also, if there's any of you that ever want to be on a podcast with us and ask questions, we would love that or answer questions. Like, tell us what's worked for you. So far this summer, I think I've interviewed about uh, 15 different people, and it's been really exciting to hear what they all have to say. So go take it on. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in to the Anything But Routine podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star rating. For more Anything But Routine content, go to justforkicks.com slash anythingbutroutine.